Let the truth be told. Hi, I am Iria Enachimio. Today I come to you with a matter of grave importance and I must plead with you to be patient with me. Nigeria's amalgamation by the British colonial masters in 1914 may be compared to a pregnancy. In the 60s, that pregnancy suffered a series of threatened abortions. First, with the military coup that overthrew the First Republic. Then the Civil War and the coups and counter-coups that followed as consequence of internal strife. The pregnancy has remained threatened ever since. And now the water has broken, and no one can be sure what will be born. A child, a monster, or merely a fibroid. It's a sad comment, but I've titled this episode Recycled Bin because at the heart of Nigeria's problems, as with many other African nations, is the fact that she continues to recycle her problems, recycle failed ideas and failed leaders, or to replace them with their offsprings. History itself becomes a vicious cycle and continues to repeat itself. About mid-October 2020, Nigerian youth under the umbrella of a movement now globally identified as Hashtag NSARS began protests across Nigeria demanding good governance. There is one truth that is astounding about the Nigerian and Nigeria. It is a fact that the Nigerian truly loves Nigeria and is proud to belong to her. Astounding because, unfortunately, the Nigerian state does not reciprocally deserve such love and trust. How? <laughs> then you really can't know much about Nigeria or indeed about Africa. You can't know how the greed, the avarice of those who wear the robes of leadership in Africa so betray, so brutalize the minds, the souls of the citizenry that they really ought to hate or at best be ashamed of their roots. Nigeria is arguably the biggest, most endowed, truly black nation on earth, blessed with rich arable lands and mineral resources. Her people are some of the brightest, most brilliant humans on the surface of planet Earth. So, when any moron dares to call his nation a shithole country, the Nigerian is livid, not because he's not aware of the level of impoverishment that his so-called leaders so unnecessarily subject him to. On the contrary, it is always because he is so acutely aware of his princely heritage, so that when he laughs from the bottom of his heart. It is also because he is acutely aware that all is not lost. He knows that with his unrelenting spirit, some day he can turn things around for the better. It is that conviction that emerges through the laughter and songs of her peoples, especially her youth. The lyrics and music, for instance, of Great Nation by the Nigerian youth Timidakulu are so inspiring they give me goosebumps whenever I hear the song. The song does to me what a national anthem should do. Not command me to obey but inspire me to be proud of my nation and who I am. It is a song I would proudly sing as my national anthem. Here we are as a people with one heart for one cause. We're determined to rebuild and restore 
But unfulfilled desire in the face of abundance can be restrained only for so long. In a nation in which the average citizen grovels for less than a dollar a day, and the most rewarded citizens are the ones who plunder the nation's resources, in a country where rogue politicians may be awarded national honors and university degrees, in this same impoverished nation, the average politician earns far more than his counterparts in America and Europe. Therefore, it should not require rocket science to determine that someday, with the force of a tsunami, river patience will break its banks and the resultant flood will sweep away all in its path. That is the situation in which Nigeria presently finds herself. That is what has happened with the movement the youth have labeled as hashtag NSARS. In an interview with Christian Amampo on CNN, a young Nigerian known as Falls described the beginning like this. On the 8th of October, myself and another artist named Runtown, we had shared on our um, Twitter and Instagram pages that we were going to do a walk, just a march, a peaceful protest against all forms of police brutality, all forms of um, police misconduct in general. And we, we did that with the hashtag NSARS. The hashtag was already in existence. You know, this is something that was already a big thing on social media, but no one had actually gone ahead to do a physical um, protest. So we decided to take that extra step. Um, so we went out on the 8th. Uh, I think it was a Tuesday. We went out and probably were expecting maybe around about 50, 100 people. But... Um, <laughs> probably got around about 2,000 people or so that came out on, on that very day. And it was it was huge. You know, we, we did a march to um to a police station, which has um, some high ranking officers here in Lagos. And we handed in a petition just saying that the youth um, as a group were very, very unhappy with, you know, the way things things were going. And we, we were really, really furious about um police brutality, police harassment, police extortion. And, you know, it, 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 enough, enough is enough, basically. From that day up until now, back to back to back, it's been um, a different state in, in, in the country because it's 36 states in total. But we, it, apart from the, that very one on that day, we didn't even have to call for um for people to come out in other states everyone just trooped out and you know on their own it's been it's it's been crazy the umbrella protest was a demand to disband a notorious police unit called sars the special anti-robber squad of the nigeria police but why would nigerian youth demand the disbandment of an apparently vital crime bursting police unit they, they, the, the, the offenses that they're supposed to be protecting us against is pretty much what they, it's pretty much the offenses they end up committing. But they're, they're committing the armed robbery because we hear about numerous cases where they stop young people just because you look fresh, just because you look, you know, you look young and you look like you're making a lot of money. They'll stop you, they'll harass you, they'll go through your phone. And um, sometimes they check. They, they, they search for messages from, from your bank, for example, so they could see your uh, bank account balance. And when they do that, they drive you to an ATM, get you to withdraw money. And, and you know, before, before they let you go, if, if they can't get money off you, they lock you up. We hear about several, several cases where they've locked people up and those people disappeared because they were eventually killed. It's really, really crazy. If, if you're not as lucky 
when you encounter them, they could shoot you on the spot. It's it's all forms of violence. They beat people up. They you know they torture people. They murder. They 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 commit armed robbery. It's everything. Coming at a time when the United States of America is dealing with a kindred crisis, the Black Lives Matter movement and protests against the wanton killing of blacks and people of color by police, the movement resonated beyond Nigerian boundaries and global celebrities have thrown their fame behind the cause. It's more depressing to, to think about what, what we're going through because, um, you know, the, the, the whole Black Lives Matter movement happened in the United States and... Um, it's more, that's a more complicated issue, you know, with racism and all that stuff. But out here, it's, it's black people doing, do, doing the same thing to, to their brothers. It's, it's us. It's us on us violence. It's, it's even more depressing to think about. So it's, it's a really, really terrible state that, that we're in right now. And um, there was a horrible, horrible massacre um, that went on on, on on Tuesday. And as a result, Everywhere is up in flames. There's looting. There's shooting. There's, it's a chaotic state right now. I, I don't even know where we're going from here. The protest began very well, very peacefully, in the manner of a festival. All Nigerian youth of their own free will put religious and tribal biases aside and in a most unprecedented manner came together as one, unified by one objective, end SARS now. They claimed to have no leaders, but the more vocal ones within the movement, like Fals, sounded very articulate, very coordinated, and even the belated sound bite from President Muhammad Buhari seemed to hit the right note. The disbanding of SARS is only the first step in our commitment to extensive police reform in order to ensure that the primary duty of the police and other law enforcement agencies remains the protection of lives. So, why did things suddenly take a bizarre turn? They've been reforming the police for the longest time, but we've never actually seen actual action. And they said, I was about to say, since 2017, they've been announcing that the, uh, that the SARS unit has been disbanded. They announced in 2017, announced in 2018, announced in 2019. Now in 2020, after we started these protests, they announced again. And in the same breath, announced that they were replacing that unit with a new unit called the Special Weapons and Tactics Unit. And it's just, they, they just think we're stupid because you're literally just renaming this unit and expecting us to say, oh, yay, wow, that's great. Mr. President and his advisors seem to have mistaken the sound of war drums for that of festival. Love and hate are two sides of a coin, separated only by a thin edge upon which the coin may sometimes rest precariously. I'm not afraid for my life because um, the, where we are right now, I'm, I feel like I could easily die by anything else anyway. You know, like there's, there's a sheer... Oh, man, I, do, I don't even know where to start from. We have non-existent healthcare, for example. We have a seriously high level of poverty. There's unemployment. It's, it's, it's in, it's, we're in a critical state because of how much corruption and just mismanagement of, of funds that we've, you know, we continue to see on a daily basis. So if I don't come out to sort of complain about the state of things, I could sit down and, you know, I could, I could have an accident on my way to work or something, 
and I could die as a result of that because the state of the healthcare is nothing to write home about. We don't even have proper hospitals. Our hospitals aren't well equipped. You know, people have to travel abroad to get proper healthcare. And every Nigerian, and, and we keep on saying this, every single Nigerian is one sickness away from passing away. So what, what kind of life am I living anyway? Like, why should I be afraid of dying? I'm going to die anyway. So what's the point? There are two kinds of Nigerian youth, says a young man who posted a video on social media. Youth One were the ones who started the NSAS protest. They organized that protest with class, so much so that everybody in the world was saying, I am proud of the Nigerian youth. They were very peaceful. They were classy. Youth One built such an asset of goodwill. They organized entertainment. They organized food. They organized money. In fact, it baffled and terrified the government. But there's youth too in Nigeria going around, burning everything on their way, burning malls, destroying businesses that people borrowed money to build. They're the ones, you know, attacking police stations and then taking guns, taking ammo from the armory. They're the ones that were recruited by security agencies, according to many video clips that we saw. These guys, you know, who are going around and burning everything, they are very accessible to the government. Whatever you build, these politicians would use them to destroy. It's been happening. That's an ancient strategy. They keep doing that. In the north, they will use religion. All they need to do is tell somebody, oh, somebody tore the Quran or somebody urinated in front of the mosque. In the south, they will play up ethnic sentiments. Before you know it now, they will say, uh, they will make it Yoruba versus Igbo fight. All these people who are recruiting them to burn down everything, their children are not here. Their children are not among them, among the people burning these things. All their children are somewhere in Saudi Arabia or in Europe or in America, somewhere, you know, very, very safe. So every burning that they are doing, they are burning. We're actually burning ourselves. The very vocal Professor Patrick Lumumba has lent his voice to the plea of Nigeria's youth. We are the administration of President Mahmoud Buhari to listen to these young men and women. Listen to them. Listen to them that history may judge you fairly. Listen to them as they ask for justice. Listen to them. They deserve a listening ear. And to young Nigerians, be brave. You have conquered the worst enemy of man, the enemy called fear. Act with the firmness that will open the eyes of the political class, not with the arrogance that will inflame their anger. History is on your side because history says Vox Populi, Vox Dei, the voice of the people is the voice of God. The government has to pay attention. All we're asking for is not to be killed. All we're asking for is not to be ex extorted. All we're asking for is is not to be robbed by the officers that are supposed to be protecting our lives and property. All we're asking for is not to be raped. All we're asking for is not to be beaten up. I don't think it's too much to ask. Good reason, passion, and love of country resonate in the plea of our youth. It's only the death, a madman, or the doomed who will not hear it. Timmy Dakolo's song, Great Nation, it's a song I will proudly sing as my national anthem. Here we stand as a people with one song. 
And please join me every two weeks for a brand new episode of Let the Truth Be Told. And make sure to subscribe and share. Take care and stay safe.